It's so efficient now. We're supposed to start at 4 30. Oh. <laughs> but you said a little later, so you know we have to have it. It's true. This is a very busy office, you know, so we have to make sure sound quality is perfect. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about not being in a studio? Uh feel less like a less of a rapper now and more of a lawyer. Yeah. You know, when we were in the studio, I was like, yeah, I'm an artist. Right, right, right. You know, Mr. Goodbar came out. Dropping bars. Yeah, yeah but now I'm just like, uh, I'm just a lawyer again. But uh, welcome to season two, episode two, Lawyer for Musicians. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Eddie Sanders. We also have Josh Kaplan. In That's the building. me. Yeah, I'm the other That's host. A sound engineer guru, Don Julio's here. Uh... Oh, wait, I, I had a whole different way I was going to do it because I saw the All-Star game. Yeah. And you saw how Common introduced all the players. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like... Did you have anything ready? I kind of did. Well, let's start over. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll go. Uh, we got a... Uh, uh, wait, what was Don's? Oh. <laughs> oh, has a more dangerous mind than Coolio. Introducing Don Julio. Uh, <laughs> Don, edit that out. <laughs> You got you got anything for yourself or me or no? No, the Don Julio and Coolio. I, yeah, I stopped work. Well, <laughs> once I got there, I was like, so, "That's yeah, no, perfect." And then I'm like, Kaplan. Yeah, nothing with Kaplan. Yeah, I'm like Snaplin. Who's Snaplin more than? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Work. We'll just give Don that one, and we'll just say our name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I feel like if I was in the studio, it would have flowed a little right. bit better. But, but here, you're yeah, yeah you're, just, no, that's work. not gonna work. Yeah. So Josh's here. Eddie's here. Uh, Don's here. We're back. Lawyers for Musicians, who uh, first-time listeners, thank you for stumbling upon this. Uh, returning listeners, thank you for your continued support. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. That's a thing, right? Yeah, you got to tell them share, like, subscribe. What else? Is that it, right? Just yeah. Subscribe. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, so we're going to start today. We got a lot of stuff. There's a lot in the news. I think if you are a human being right now, it's hard to avoid uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, that's... Both, like, just hearing about it and potentially... Catching it. Catching it. Yeah. I, I sound a little under the weather. You do as well. Yeah, well, I have the Modelo virus, so I'm a little different. Modelo? Yeah. Well, yeah. how does that one uh, work? It's a little bit more of a sinus infection, Should I, I guess. Here? <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, Don. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Yeah, I, I, I think I just have a cold, but... Yeah, I just call it the Modelo so I can be a little different. I like it. Right. Oh, because Modelo is a beer. Right. Oh, I got so, it. Yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> then I got the uh, uh, Casamigos. Casamigos. Yeah, no, <laughs> never mind. Anyway, but it you know it's having a worldwide effect, right? right. And forget about the the health uh, risks. Um, this is a, a podcast about music. Um, so in within the music industry, it's already having a a, a pretty big impact yeah. to, today. I received uh, several text messages and phone calls wondering uh, if I had heard the rumors about canceling some pretty major festivals. Yeah, we had. They're talking about South by Southwest, right? Which is going to be in a couple days. Yeah, it Tra- starts. It starts in March, right? right it's yeah. like the thirteenth of March. So they're talking about trying to cancel that. But I mean, that's just a petition. The CEO was like, "No, it's still going on." Yeah. I could just imagine the ripple effects of, like, the refunds and all that. Because I just, I'll be down to South by. So I recently purchased my plane ticket. Yeah. And if they cancel this, like, I just don't want to go to Austin to hang out. No. So it's like. 
Well, it's not just it's not just the the, the travel. I mean, it, you know, and, and Mike Rapino, the the head of Live Nation, just issued a statement that like people shouldn't be concerned and that they're taking precautions. But n- nobody knows what precautions you can take at this point. They don't even know how the disease is transmitted. It's showing up randomly. It's a real issue, and I, I tend not to buy into that stuff and feel like you know I've lived through the SARS scare and swine flu and all of that and like it kind of yeah it just blew over this one seems a little different um and it's not they're not sure how it's it's uh how you pick it up and they're also not sure if you could have it for two weeks and not even know that you have it so you know i'm supposed to go to la this week i think i'm going to cancel it just because i don't want to be quarantined in lax or o'hare or the hotel i'm at I got I got older family members coming in next week. Like I, I just don't feel like it's essential for me to go anywhere. Yeah, and then they're saying that even if you wear a mask, yeah, the wearing the mask is if you have it to stop the spread of it. But if you wear a mask and you don't have it, you can still right catch the disease. So it's like yeah. So I mean, like you know, I I, I don't know if I want to go to South by or Coachella or yeah. even you know a concert at Metro. Like, do you want to be around all those people right now? I mean, I don't want to be around people in general. <laughs> yeah, but what if you bought a ticket? What if you already bought a ticket and you're trying to go see someone? Is it worth the risk? And so, like, as a lawyer, I start thinking about, well, what about the force force majeure clause that everybody's, not everybody's heard of, but it's a real common clause that I never edit, I never even look at. Right. It's like acts of God. If there's a reason that a, a concert is, or a show is is canceled because of an act of God outside of, like, you know, somebody's fault or a breach. Does the money get refunded? What happens? You know, those are things that all of a sudden we have to worry about. True. You know, so um, we've got a client that just booked a, you know, a U.S. tour, sold out right away. Do we have to refund all those tickets? You know, I mean, to, we got to talk about it now. It's crazy. Right, right. But this, you know, I think within the next week or so, we'll... We'll see how this shapes up, but we got Mike Pence on the job, so we should be fine, right? Yeah, I think Mike Pence is a reputable. Yeah, he's praying on doctor right now. that can handle this. <laughs> Scientist, yeah. Right. Well, man, if he leaves us, he doesn't right. believe in science. We're, I mean, what? What? What are we gonna do? I'm just hoping someone else smarter is really gonna take care yeah, of this. They, they told me to cut your beard too to help prevent. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. Are you gonna do that? No way. I'll just have to go out. I'll just, <laughs> just be sick. The beard's never coming yeah, off. Yeah, beard's not coming off. I don't care about. They didn't say anything about mustaches, did they? I think mustache gives you a fifty-fifty percent. I'll take it. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. So yeah, do you uh, with your client that has a tour? Are you worried about going out on these tour dates? Are you? I'm worried about it for other reasons, just for me being like an old man, like and hanging out with the, that young blood on yeah, the tour bus and all that. I'm not yeah. trying to do that, but no, I mean, I, I I'm I'm worried about it. We're we're talking about like, you know, being fun with it and printing up surgical masks that has you know something funny on it to pass out, but like. I don't know what else you can really do at this point, you know, and kind of live your life. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like more people died this year from the flu yeah. than coronavirus, but nobody cares about that. Like, it's so many other diseases out there. Yeah. But, well, we can focus on this coronavirus. I mean, like, if I was 80 and sickly and maybe had an immune deficiency, yeah, I would, I would quarantine myself. Yeah, like my mother was just recently sick. 
So we had to spend a couple of days in the hospital, and that was my big concern. I'm like, I don't want her getting sicker from somebody Being coming in, hospital, in here yeah. with this disease or whatever. But other than that, it's like, yeah, I'm going to live my life. I'm gonna, if I want to go to the show, I'm going to go to the show. I went to see Griselda not too long ago, a couple of days ago, and there was, I wasn't ever thinking, like, oh, let me make sure I don't catch corona in here. Yeah, so you, you definitely know. have it now. Yeah, probably. So I, I, I shook <laughs> so, a lot of people's hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But outside of that, there's still plenty of news. Yeah. So I was, if you were on IG Live, you would have, may have seen Meg Thee Stallion voicing her uh, displeasure with her, her label. So we have Meg Thee Stallion signed to 1501 Entertainment which is backed by the former L.A. Dodger player, Carl Crawford. Um, so he is from Houston, but you know he played for the Dodgers. So he yeah. has, has his label. She's also signed to 300 Entertainment and has management with Rock Nation. Right. When she signed her management deal with Rock Nation, they reviewed her label agreement with 1501. Uh, she didn't get into what clauses that they had discrepancies with, but they were like, hey, this isn't a good deal for you. She tries to renegotiate with 1501, and now they're putting a freeze on her music, essentially telling her she can't release anything until we figure out this this renegotiation or whatever. Right. Um, but her whole thing was she was like, oh, they're so greedy. I can't believe they're greedy. Um, my only issue is when she started the IG Live, she was like, okay, y'all, I was 20 when I signed this, and I didn't know what was in my contract. Is that a good excuse? That's No. So I, I the sympathy train for me stops right then and there once you're like oh i just didn't know what was in it like that's not an excuse yeah so we can we can jump right to our section that we're calling what am i signing that as a drop right there that's, that's the new uh sound bite for what am i signing so i you know it's weird to hear that she signed with a baseball player yeah sort of well i mean he was pretty rich because i remember he was one of the first oh he signed a big deal yeah he had like a hundred million dollar deal yeah yeah, yeah. Well, players baseball players do well yeah. yeah so but it's not weird that she, it's just weird that a musician signed with a baseball, signed with a yeah, baseball yeah. player like what's his knowledge of you know music other than being a fan and and trying to you know maybe help an artist and he probably hired lawyers that were going to make sure that whatever was he her. presented it was it was in his favor. Right, and I heard that uh, Jay Prince has some influence in yeah. his labels. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So I, I think you know what she probably signed. We don't know the you know we haven't seen the contract, but what she probably signed and what's pretty common with new artists is and we've talked about before is a production deal. Yeah. And a production deal is basically I'm gonna put money behind you. I'm gonna fund you know maybe your first album and a video and in exchange for that and then I'm going to shop you around I'm I'm going to shop you to to labels and I'm going to get you signed to a you know a major and in exchange for that you're going to give me 50% of everything that you do right and then if you do sign with that label our agreement will run in conjunction with the label agreement so as long as you're signed with the major you're going to be signed yep with this production company so super common there are a lot of huge artists that are under similar agreements and that's why you see people who are not involved on you know, on the day-to-day being executive producers and um, you'll see sub-labels listed in credits and, like, who are, you know, who, who's 1501 or who, or who are these people? You know, they're the ones that gave the seed money and 
you know, there's, there's, you can see the positives and negatives on both sides of this. It's like, if you're, if you're willing to take a risk on an artist and put money behind them, you know, it's like a startup, right? Or it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's super risky. So shouldn't you get the benefit of it? And I, you know, I think, yes, the problem comes when you find artists that sign production deals where there's nothing, like they're not getting paid. They just don't know any better. And they're signing because somebody used to manage somebody or they used to, you know, be a roadie for who knows, you know, and they're using that sort of influence on some young kid saying, come with me and, you know, I'll take you to the promised land. And then that kid makes it. And all of a sudden this guy's got 50% of whatever you make for, for, for the rest of your career. Or, you know, and that's another thing. If those production deals are super long, like you're in them, you you can't can't get out. And I'm not mad at, so I'm playing as you could say devil's advocate for the label of that production company. I'm in it for, I'm investing in you to make money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not in it to give you, like, this half a million to get your career started and then only get my money back. Right. I'm in it to make a profit. Like, this right. is business. So from that aspect, it's like, hey, you signed up for this. It's not my fault you didn't read over this. Right. This is what it is. Like, right. if you had a better legal team around you, I think she was saying that the lawyer that she had also was the lawyer for... 1501. Yeah, so I mean, red flags, right? And that yeah. that also is common. And so, you know, so you can argue the positives for the, the production company signing, like why there's a benefit and why they want to get a return on their investment. But a lot of times what you end up hearing is exactly that. Like, hey, I'm going to give you this contract. Use my lawyer. He's going to tell you what it means. Like, red flag, right? right? I mean, run away from something like that. Never sign something that's presented to you by the the company's lawyer that's trying to sign you like that's just rule 101 yeah and if one, and, and if you don't understand something in the agreement ask questions right. like there's a problem because the ego comes in play for the artist mm-hmm. and they're like oh this is cool these are my homies or these are my friends and i know the, i know the game i know how this is so and i see this advance cool i'm signing this yeah like, don't let your, your your ego get in the way of putting you in a bad situation. Like True. And, and also, they can also, you can have the opinion like, man, if I make it, who cares? Like, that's right. all I want to do. I'm going to make so much money, it doesn't matter. But then you see it broken down. It's like, you know, artists that are making 100 grand a show are not walking away with 100 grand, right? There is management, there's booking agents, there's business managers, there's lawyers, right? That's your immediate overhead. And then you got a production deal. Anything you make it, they probably have the rights to your touring income. Right. Your major label might have a 360 deal where they have a piece of your touring income too. So that 100 quickly goes down. So you're looking at like maybe you're making 20 grand. Right. You know? And so I wouldn't be surprised if she saw that. She sees a statement and she's like, I just played a show for 100 grand and I walked away with 15,000. What happened? 15. Before taxes, too. Right, right. So we talk about the government. So, you know, there's one way of looking at it. It's like, look, you know, a typical business, if you're making a 20% profit margin, that's great. It seems messed up that for if you make a million dollars and you walk away with only 400000 like, that's a good, that's really good. Right. You know, but that's sort of the way it is when you add all those things up. So it's another thing of, like, it's interesting in music. This is one of the only businesses where the creatives get into the business 
without knowing what business this is. Yeah. So, like, people that sell computers, tables, chairs, I'm just naming things I see in this room, they understand the business of that. Right. So I think it's very important for artists to start educating themselves. And there's no more excuses. Educate yourself on this. You have YouTube, you have Google, you have resources around you to understand. There's even movies. Like, if you watch Straight Outta Compton, you'll just have an understanding of, like, what a bad deal is. Just watch how Ice Cube moves. So it's like... There's enough examples out there that you shouldn't be putting yourself in these situations. Anymore. Maybe don't take a bat to the executive's office. No. Maybe a paintball gun. Yeah. That would be, be cool. Not, we're not advising you to do that. Right, of course. We're just, hypothetically speaking, paintball. Yeah, less damage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, maybe it's a strategic move by her. You know, I think the other artist that was in the news for complaining about... Juicy J. Yeah, yeah. about his deal with Columbia, you know... But if I'm the label, I don't care what your fans think. I don't care about your free Meg hashtags and right. all that. That's not going to so, oh, wait. Oh, your fans hate me now? Let's renegotiate. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, How's Juicy J end up? He's been in the game too long. Though. Well, his contract was, when he signed it, was 2012, maybe? Yeah, and Something like that. still in that deal. So it's a lot, it goes back to, like, what's a deliverable, almost? So it's like, oh, I'm in it for three albums, but what is an album, mm-hmm. you know, so he's put out tons of music, but they may have not counted towards his deal. So that, but, and and to counter your point of, like, they're not going to care what the fans say, they might when other artists don't want to sign with them. True. Right? You know, so Columbia, Juicy J put a song out that, with the title was Fuck Columbia or something like yeah. that. Sorry, Mom. Yeah, sorry, Mom. Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading right now. That's not me. <laughs> but... You know, he took it down, and now all of a sudden it's been resolved. So maybe it worked. You know, for and him, his, it, his, it might have worked. Yeah, his position, yeah, I could, I could see that. But I don't think 1501 is... No, oh, they don't care. They don't care. 300, I mean, 300's gone through their own issues right. with artists. And, I mean, and, and it has had a direct effect. People are not signing with them. And their competitor, Alamo, wound up signing a bunch of people that were signed to 300. So it, it can have an effect. You know, if artists talk publicly, artists as big as Meg talk publicly, they're not going to get the next big signing. True. You know, there's, com- there's competition there, too. It's, we have, I just, I see a lot of, uh, see a couple labels even here in the city that are operating under that notion of just like, oh, we're going to sign you, put a little money behind you, but your deal is going to be horrible. Like, we're going to own a lot of your copyright. And I think that's another note, thing we didn't speak on. Like, even though percentages is a thing of like owning 50%, but them actually outright owning your publishing or owning your masters, and they don't offer distribution. Like, 1501 had to go two or 300 to get the music out. Right. So it's like, okay, you own my masters, but you can't even distribute them. That's what I'm saying. A production deal, to me, the only reason that I would ever advise a client to sign a production deal is if the production team is putting a ton of money behind them. Right? Like, I don't even care if they have the distribution or if they have the resources, but if they're going to pay to do videos and they're going to pay to have producers come in and features and they're going to pay for all that kind of stuff, then cool. Like that's a way to game the system, right? Without having to go to a major, you can just use the money and do it yourself. And if it works, a major is going to come in and you're going to have leverage and you're going to be able to sign a better deal. And And a lady like Meg, it's a lot that goes behind that, you know, the hair, makeup, clothing, like the, the image for her. Cause I know we've, we handle, uh, other lady, artists as well. I don't know that we have to hide it. 
Do we hide? I don't think we have to hide that. No, but we just understand what that overhead looks like. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a the 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 what I've learned over the last couple of years working with female pop stars is that they are the product, right? And to make the product as best as you can, just like you were saying with the computer, you know what the margins are, and you know, like you can sell a computer for a thousand bucks, and you're going to walk away with the profit of two hundred dollars or something. You're cool with it. To me, the first time I saw how much it cost to like do nails, hair, makeup, outfit, I was like, "No, like this is <laughs> crazy." How is? But man, it, it's part of the product. Like right, you just right. have to work that into the cost, and it it makes sense. And you know, if the music still always goes back to the music, if the music's good. You have to have the product look just as good as the music, right? And I think some people think look at it's like Meg's situation. They're like, "Oh well." You know, her music's so good, she didn't need those guys. I don't feel like it's that way. I think that money was very influential in her rise happening so yeah. fast. It would be interesting yeah. to see, because it's like, I'm sure that he paid her something. Yeah. You know, but like, you and I in Chicago have seen how many deals where it's a guy who's like, oh, you know, I'll flip you like five grand in cash and sign this. And then like, that's it. You never hear from them again. Right. Or they're just like constantly giving you cash under the table or whatever it is. And maybe it's a funnel to launder some money. I don't, yeah, you know. The it's thing of like, if shady. just getting money doesn't help always. You no. have to know where to put this money. Yeah, especially if the music sucks, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? But then I guess you don't have to worry about it down the road because you're never going to make any money. But if your music's good and you believe in it, like we're not saying say no to any production deal. There may be times where it's worth it, but like don't ever, ever sign something that you don't know what it means that you're relying on their lawyer telling you what it means. Right. And you should you should be able to play the deal out. And what I mean by that is if it's a five year deal, give yourself a five year plan and think of where you'll be and does this deal make sense for me by the time I reach twenty twenty five? What position will I be in of uh, this is a three album deal? Do I have three albums in me that I want to give to this right. company? Like don't just think of this the advance and the short term. Think of the long term because the deal that the, the objective is to Get to the next deal, just in the same in sports. You want to get out of your rookie deal so that you can go yeah. sign that max deal. Yep. So, would you recommend? Uh, sorry to cut you off. Would you recommend by uh, time length or deliverable like project? It depends on where you're at, right? Like if you're an artist and you're sitting on three albums before you sign a deal, yeah, just do a three album deal. You know, if you're an artist, it takes you two years to create an album. Yeah, I would do a time deal instead. Yeah. Uh, I had somebody reach out and they asked if managers should get a percentage of publishing and the master. Like ownership? Just a, not ownership, but getting a percentage of revenue generated from those two sources. Yes. What do you think? I agree. I mean, it. the manager is the one person that is involved in all aspects of the artist, so their percentage should reflect that. You know, if they're they're putting in a lot of work to get those masters out of the publishing out. So yeah, I mean, I've seen carve outs for managers where they're not getting a piece of tour support, you know, uh, or they're not getting um, income from music that was created before they started managing. Right. You know, that that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, you manage the career. Publishing is part of the career. And then we also have like that sunset clause, making sure that they're protected 
after the deal is done. Because we have the flip side of it. We have the situation with Meg, and she's frustrated with her group and wanting to renegotiate. But we've also seen situations where an artist gets popular and they leave the manager and they or the production company. And oh, they yeah. Just, they just walk away. Super common. Like, I've had, I've been in situations where that happened to me and people that I've been working with where they just, oh, we need a New York manager. We're out of here. Right. You know, so it's like, I see both sides. So in that situation, it's even more hurtful because that person has put up so much money, invested their time and energy, and now they're looking at a loss because yeah. that artist has walked away. I mean, I have personal experience with this as well. And as a, you know, a manager and lawyer... Um, I don't always use contracts for management clients. Right. Um, which, you know, I'm reluctant to even say that uh, <laughs> on this Lawyer for Musicians podcast. But, it, I mean, it happens. But, it, but, like, a manager, it's such a more personal relationship with the artist. And if you guys don't trust each other and you don't want to work with them, you should leave, you know? And, yeah, I mean, I could see it burning me down the road for sure. So I can't recommend it, but, you know, I also strive to have that kind of relationship with my artists where it's like they trust me and I trust them. I've never been fired from anybody, you know, that I've worked with. Um, We've walked away from some clients before just because it wasn't working out, you know. Um, But as a safety net, yeah, you, you know, even if it's not a full agreement that there's something in writing that says, all right, for the next two years after I'm no longer managing, I'm getting a reduced percentage. What I hate to see are the, the, the management agreements that say it's the same percentage on every everything that you're making for the next seven years. Because then they can't go get new manager. can't get a new manager. Because now you're <coughs> looking at, like, if it was 15% with this guy, it's another 15% with the new management, you're already down 30% before you even... Anyone else gets paid, so it's like. Are, are you seeing more management agreement? What What's the normal percentage that you're seeing these days? I'm seeing twenty percent. Yeah, and letting people know that okay, if this is the manager's taking twenty percent, if he brings anybody else on, that the their percentage should come out of that twenty. Mm-hmm. So the twenty percent is the base. So now, if we're getting a business manager, or even if we're getting legal whatever their percentage is should now be deducted from that 20%. So yep. we're not tack- they're not tacking on to the artist. So, And there's no, I would say there's, n- there's never like a perfect deal per se. Like there's no one way to do a deal. It's literally you have to come to an agreement between these two parties. So yep. what's best for that label or the manager and that artist. And the only way the artist can be properly protected is if they actually get a lawyer that's working for them so they can speak up and say, Yo, we want these clauses in, we want these clauses out. We go back to earlier where we said a lot of times it's the label saying, hey, take this lawyer, use him. Right. And that lawyer has a relationship with the label, so of course they're going to yeah, that's a conflict. do what's best for the label, essentially. Right. So it's, I mean, in short, make sure you hit up me or Josh. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, because I, I, I'm looking at Twitter and I'm looking at Instagram, and then you have artists say, like, well, everyone doesn't have access to a lawyer. And that's, again, another excuse because Google. everyone has access to Google. Right. You know, you can just type in entertainment law- lawyer in the city you're in and you'll get some search results. Yeah. You don't have to just jump with the first lawyer, but at least have conversations with people. Right. You know, and then oh, and then people, the other excuse is, well, everybody doesn't have money for lawyers. Yeah. Well, in some, most situations, when I'm working with newer artists, I'm taking a percentage on yeah. the back end. 
I'm working off of like a percentage of if they have a deal coming, I get paid once the deal is done. So yep. there's there's really no excuse to not have legal representation. No, I just got asked that today. I went through a series of um, engagement letters, which is what we send out to new clients, um, so they be- become official clients, and they wanted an hourly rate. They're like, Look, we'll pay hourly. Um, and then they saw the hourly rate, and they're like, uh, maybe we'll do a percentage. And that made me pause because I was like, well, I don't know how much money this artist's making. I'm looking yeah. at... <clears throat> I'm looking at the Spotify numbers, and it's decent, but I, you know, that doesn't mean that they're making that much money. And so I asked, I'm like, how much are you, you know, are you generating? Can I talk to your business manager? They didn't have a business manager. That's kind of a, not a red flag, but a yellow flag if you're going to take a percentage. And I just had a frank conversation with them. I said, look, what, do you, what is the actual work that you need us to do? And it was just reviewing one agreement. I said, why don't we just start with a flat fee for this one agreement, something that you feel comfortable with, and then as we progress and as I see how you work and you see how I work, then maybe we can move to a percentage deal. And that's how we're going to work. They were super appreciative. I, you know, I think people have this misconception that if you sign with a lawyer, it's like you're in, you're under a contract forever. Right. And that, that's illegal. <laughs> you know, you, you, can, you can walk away. You can walk away whenever you need to. I mean, to. you still have to pay us for the work that we've done for you. Right. But you can walk away at any time. Yeah. So it's like no excuse anymore. No. Nope. I, I really hate that notion of like... Anytime those videos come out, they start off with, oh, I was young and I had no idea what I was signing. Right. It's like, well, this is your life, though. Right. This is the, yeah. This I isn't mean, my life. This isn't Don's life. This is you. You're the artist. You're the one putting your name to this. So you should have some understanding of what this is. You know? Even if you're under 18, you know, your, your parents are, you, you have to have a parent or guardian sign right. an agreement, but you still need to know what it is, you know, and... You know, I mean, you hear all the horror stories of parents stealing money. So it's it, there. There's just no excuse not to know what it is, and you shouldn't be in that. Big, if, if people are coming after you and trying to sign you, that means that you're doing something right. Right. So and there so, is value in yeah. So recognize that value and protect it. So where where can we send people? I mean, besides from just reaching out to an actual lawyer, I know we say Google, but do you have any sources that you would like? I know the Donald Passman book is pretty good. Um, but any other sources where they can educate themselves on these I things? think the lawyerformusicians.com is an excellent source. Hey, hey. there we go. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, we didn't really say the origin of the name of the podcast after we switched it, but it's a long-running website slash blog where when I was a wee lad, I started just writing because I couldn't find a lot of good information and lawyers weren't really sharing information freely. And so I just started doing research and, and then writing based on experiences I had, and there's, it's a lot of free, can't say it's legal advice, it's just free information, Right. you know, and so there, there are, I'm not the only one, you know, we're not the only ones that write anything uh, about, you know, um, legal terms in the music business, but I've been writing that thing for, man, like eight years or something, so there's, there's a lot on there, I'll still reference it sometimes, we just had a client that called in that wanted to recapture their copyrights, we could talk about the recapture clause for maybe two episodes we'd probably lose all our listeners but we yeah, could do it yeah. but like i had to go back and read an article that i wrote because i forgot how it worked so i mean there are, there are plenty of good resources out there books are fine but there's videos and there's you yeah know, youtube definitely always has some type of series so it's like typing in music law and just jumping down that rabbit hole yeah is my best advice hey it's know. a great way to spend a saturday true or i mean <laughs> and then again make sure you hit up eddie and josh there we go 
and we'll make sure you're protected. Yeah. You know? What else? Juicy Peloton. Peloton. Yeah, Peloton just settled. Yeah, we're in sync now. You see how we're rolling? I think wow. this is because we're in this office. Yeah. yeah. We're also riding a Peloton as we do the podcast. True. I need to actually start riding a Peloton a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah. man, first Friday, I could bring a bring a guest to my gym. So. Yeah. Okay. You do the CrossFit, right? Yeah, it's correct. Okay, I'm ready for that. I can do. You ready? Yeah, not ready as in I will excel. <laughs> what, happened to, wait, what happened to kickboxing? And that he fell off. Kickboxing was kicking me, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't do that, then how are you expecting to? No, do I actually had, I had an Achilles injury, mm. and that's not really good to kick and jump with an Achilles injury. So did you really? Yeah, I really messed up my Achilles playing the flag football. Oh, okay. Oh. Don't tell Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I, she doesn't listen, right? Yeah. Well, no, damn. <laughs> At any point, I had a, uh, anything I say about flag football, she's going to be like, I told you not to be yeah. out there doing that. You are probably too old for flag football now. Yeah, I think this is my last year. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to hang it up, especially when you love just being out did there. Did you play just, like, a, like a lot of... Years? Do you have a good, good amount? Yeah, I mean, I I want to say been playing like ten years almost. Damn. Yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah I think I mean, he's playing the pros. Though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he's not getting hit in the head. Yeah, I'm. A, I mean, my body doesn't get banged up out there. It's just my knees from running around. That's about it. But no, but I, you know, I got a hockey game to go to after after this. I'm still doing it. But I I think you can have more longevity on the ice than you can because it's just not as. It's, there's not as much wear and tear on your legs. Yeah. Randomly, I saw a guy with a hockey bag. I just go, hey, do you know Josh Kaplan? <laughs> He's like, what? Well, I want to know him. I'm like, he plays hockey too. Yeah. Just wanted to know. He's well, like, we don't all know each other, like, man. No, bro. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I thought you guys were like a small fraternity. Yeah, I mean, there aren't that many. but yeah. <laughs> so with Peloton, they, had, they got sued because we talked about this yeah. in episode two or three. This, was, this is still like... I, I just mind-boggling to me how how a company that big, Peloton. For those that don't know, it's the it's the stationary bike that has <coughs> used technology now. So there's a screen you can take live classes. You can take classes that have been saved. They've extended it now. There's yoga. There's like a, a new Peloton track so you can run. There's a mobile app. It's it's a big company, and the bikes cost a lot of money. And then you pay a monthly fee every every month. And so a big part of any exercise is music they took on a bunch of music catalogs and didn't pay the publishers, didn't clear the music. Right. Like, that's a, it's called a sync license. When you're using music in synchron, in a synchronized fashion with video, that's a sync. And they didn't think to clear it. Yeah. And so several major publishers quickly sued them um, for millions. And they, they fought it. For a minute. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't need to do it. I don't know what their argument was. I don't know why they thought they were immune from it, if they are trying to say it was fair use <laughs> or something like that. I think of a good reason. Yeah, there isn't one. And so recently, they settled. last week, I think, they settled. Yeah, of course, they said out of court, so we don't know what Undisclosed the amount. amount was. But my only thing is, I know the publishers are going to get this check. Will it trickle down? It's always a question, right? <laughs> will it trickle down to the artists, and will they receive money from them? Have you... This is a good segue. Uh, have you seen the major label or major publisher portals that are now available? So, like, Cobalt was the first one to really do it and do it well, where 
you can see it's not in real time, but you can see how much you're earning from your publishing. Yeah. Then everybody had to catch up, right? So then Sony ATV and Universal, they all have these portals. And I, I, we have clients on a bunch, you know, all the majors and all the different publishers. And, like, they're all, other than Cobalt, they still all are just awful. And I, I, I know they're, like, making an attempt to make them better. But I look today at, at Sony, and we have several, and I'm sorry to my friends at Sony, but the portal makes no sense. You can't see where the money's really going. There's no live, there's not even, like, a, a weekly update to it. Right. You know, so, like, you just see, all right, well, I'm $600,000 in the hole. Uh, okay. For cool. Month, though. Yeah. You like, know, like, where was it all spent? And, and there's no reason why there shouldn't be transparency. There's no, like, there's no reason that any other I mean, I have an assumption why there's no transparency. Yeah. Because the more they hide. There's no justifiable reason. <laughs> right, right. Because a better way of saying <laughs> The that. more they hide, the more that they can keep. Because I've seen a lot of it where they're not even accounting for, like, international things. Right. You know, they're just pocketing the international, just yeah. showing you your U.S. numbers. It's like, no, bro, I'm, I'm big in the U.K. I'm big in South Africa. Yeah. I to see what, what those numbers look like. You know, I mean, there's another business that, we're involved in that's uh, business management called Left Brain. Shout out Left Brain. Shout out Left Brain. And and the whole idea behind it is transparency so that, like, as an artist, I don't have to wait for my business manager to get back to me. I can just look on this app and see where my money is in, in, mm-hmm. in real time. And, like, we're talking to people about it, and it's like, what are you – this is crazy. What are you guys doing? And it's like, what? can you imagine as a, a worker for – Amazon or for whatever, a mom and pop store, like not being able to go on chase.com and seeing where your money's at. Exactly. What, what, like, why is this like that? And so, I mean, everything that you and I have done, I think in our careers and will continue to do is trying to fight for that transparency. I'm not saying that, you know, you, I think you have a, a, more of an evil slant on the on the labels than I do. Yeah. Because I've seen them work right, really right, well. Right. And so, like, I know the advantage of them. But, yeah, I mean, the vast majority, it's negative. But, like, why aren't they fixing that? Why, you know, I mean, what, they're going to get, they get sued, they get audited. Like, why right. not I, just make it clear? I feel like it would be a better system if they had more transparency. Artists would be, I, I, and part of it is, like, they don't want the artists to be as educated as they should be on where their money's going and all that, but I think it would make for a better system if the, if they knew and they had more transparency. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw the other day, this is a little off topic, but they said 2019 streaming revenue was more than the entire revenue pool from 2017. So physical, streaming, all that combined. So there's a lot more money being made yeah. with less transparency. So my only assumption is that they're hiding it. I mean, Gotta be, right? That's all I can, like, why else would you be? You know, when you don't disclose something to somebody, it's because you're trying to hide something, right? Like, exactly. when your mom... Why are you looking at Don like that? I mean, because, I mean, I don't know, I just... When your mom asked you, like... <laughs> you looking at me at some point. Right? Right? <laughs> like, he's been here, though. <laughs> it's like, when your mom asked you, like, yo... Where were you where last you were night? Where you were last night? You're like, I was with a friend. At the library. Yeah, you not you don't really disclose because you're trying to hide something. Right. So I'm, I'm just going to take that logic into why there's no transparency with labels. Well, but that needs to change. Yeah, especially that there's so much revenue being generated. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's streaming. It still seems like it's, uh, well, it doesn't seem like it. It's definitely lopsided and artists are, you know, it's nonstop complaints about it, but... 
The labels figured it out. It took them a minute, and they figured it out, and now they're they're raking it in. Yeah, I think Birdman was on doing an interview, and they were like, "Are you making more money now or back in the fiscal days?" He's like, "Oh, streaming's making me rich." He's like, "I love streaming." Everybody was like, "What are you talking about? Nobody's making money." And I'm like, "No, Birdman I, is making money." He owns the masters. Like, I don't, he just told you. <laughs> I don't think. The rest of the artists are, are seeing this. Well, I mean, that it's, is. yeah, it's, it's the <laughs> argument for why you own your masters. And yep. master owners make money. I mean, we have a, a label arm, and it's, you know, you don't have, it's what the, it's about a, a million streams equals about 5000 bucks, 4000 yep. something like that. You know, you get an artist that, that does 10 million streams, you're making real money yep. as a master owner. Once you sign a deal and you're, you know, you're taking a 15% royalty on your master's, yeah, you're not making anything. Right. You know, and it's it's like you compare that to the days when even with iTunes when you would pay a buck twenty nine for a download. You were getting like twenty cents off that. Yeah, you were making real money from, from sales. So now going platinum doesn't mean that you're necessarily gonna be rich. Be rich. Right. The label's making money. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Anytime I see numbers and then it's always in the billions. And then you hear artists complaining about them not making anything, and then you see something like Spotify just leased a twenty thousand square foot uh, office. Oh yeah, in Miami Beach, you're like, right, there's money out. There, oh yeah, but there's plenty of money. So yeah, I think that that just all goes back to making sure in, in these contracts and everything, understanding where your money's going, what the the flow of it looks like, understanding all the potential revenue streams that you have um, with publishing. You know, there's like five or six revenue streams with the sound recording you have about three or four mm-hmm. um just understanding what those are and not just thinking oh i'm making money just off streams alone. Right. it's like no there's other ways out there to make your money and then if you're not educated on that they can hold on to that because you're not even asking for it right you know yeah you got to be your best advocate we keep saying that um i think that we should ask the listeners that we have to send us questions yeah send us questions also uh, for my SAE students, if you made it this far and you tell me what minute we're at in the podcast, you may have some extra credit coming your way. Wow. Yeah, so I'm going to be a generous I teacher. I like it. You're bribing now. your students. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Got to get those subscribe- subscriptions up anyway. I can't. Yeah, we're trying to get sponsors <laughs> here. Well, no, yeah, reach out. I mean, you can hit us on Instagram, Twitter. We. I mean, um, what are our handles? I'm, this is Esquire. Oh, you're just doing personal. Yeah, I mean, because... Do we have a handle for the podcast? I set one up, but it was a weird name, and I was like, you know, this mm. doesn't All right, well, so Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, we do have L for M. Twitter yeah. is at L number, number four, four and M. Um, Instagram, I'm jcappy34. Yeah, and I'm Sanders ESQ. So, yeah, reach out. I mean... Someone did reach out about the, asking about the managers and what their percentage, or if they should get a percentage on publishing, so that was a great question. So yeah, reach out, ask us questions. I mean, we're providing this service to the musicians, and we want you to be as educated as possible on, on this, this, this uh, industry. Yeah. So let's just make sure, if you have questions, reach out. We'll try our best to answer all of them without giving... Uh, I guess you can say because you're not our client, so we can't give you legal advice. We'll just give you. What can we? We'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, how's that for a lawyer answer? That works for That's me. That's pretty good. Don, do you have any questions? Are you good? No, I actually didn't come with any questions today. Oh, good. He just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Been up since about seven. Yeah. Mm. 
previous podcast. Oh, all right. You did? I showed uh, Eddie the new Yeah, setup. the new setup looks, looks pretty, pretty dope. It does so. look nice. I saw you on a podcast on somebody else's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's with that? What's the, what is with that, I'm Eddie? just, I mean, man. I haven't been okay. cheated on before. <laughs> <laughs> I did plug this podcast on it, though. You so, did? Yeah. It was actually the homies uh, Go Defenders. So it's nothing music related, talking about Chicago stuff. Right. So we pretty much talked about All Star Weekend okay. for like an hour. But I'm not going anywhere, guys. You know, this is too profitable for me to leave, <laughs> leave this podcast. <laughs> That's the funniest stuff I've heard all day. It's a knee slapper. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, we I try and do as many podcasts or panels as I can. So. Yeah, you're out there. I will be at South by. Doing a little. If there is one, yeah, I'll be still. I'll be still. Eddie's still gonna be in Austin. He's gonna need barbecued out there. Yeah, I already, I already paid for my plane ticket, so he'll be in quarantine. <laughs> I'm not scared of the coronavirus. All right, well, you're stronger than me. I mean, if you drink water, drink green tea. You can't. Do you think uh, Corona is getting more sales? From they're actually no, getting less dude, sales. They're getting crushed. Yeah, 38% of Americans think that Corona beer is involved. There are so many dumb people in this country. Yes, that is amazing, though. I How many uneducated people we have in this in America? It's like, we're, um, we're always around, like, intelligent people, it feels like, so... Mm. I don't see it as much. Not always. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, we yeah, have, yeah, we have yeah. sound mind people that were around. But then when you see things like that, like, who are these people? Dude. I want to meet the guy that literally went to the store and said, like, no, I'm not drinking Corona. You know, nope. That's how you get Corona. That's how you get the virus. Why do I automatically re- like go to a southern accent? Yeah, I, mean, I had to stop myself. I was like, let me uh, give this I'm accent off. get that damn young <laughs> coronavirus. And then I'm pretty sure they can correlate that 38% with who they voted for in the last uh, presidential yeah. election. This is not a political podcast, but come on, people. <laughs> All right. Right. Corona will not get you coronavirus. It will just get you a hangover. There's a difference between being hungover and having a virus. Facts. So, yeah. I haven't been hungover from beer. Not Corona either. That's like water. That's like Coors Light. But it, it hits Eddie pretty hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's typically something else with my Coronas. You know, some tequilas or some whiskeys. So it's like... Spiked Corona, huh? Well, not the same time. Oh, you're using so, it as a chaser. Yeah, yeah. Shot, sip, shot, sip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shot, shot, sip, sip, shot. Wow. Yeah, Man, that's, that's a, another yeah, podcast you can go on. That works. So how are we feeling? Are we good, guys? I'm, I'm like, feeling all right. I'm feeling like uh, people should stay safe out there. Yeah. Uh, wash your hands if you haven't been already. <laughs> trim uh, your beard. Trim your beard if if you want to. Or be Keep a rebel like Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you don't shake everybody's hands too, man. Like, yeah, whatever. It's coming through your eyeballs. Like, forget about it. You're gonna get it. Wait, it's, it's it like comes like through your eyeballs. Yeah, right? they don't even know. I was oh, gonna say man. wear glasses then, if that's yeah. the case. Like, but no, I did realize. I've been noticing like, <laughs> safety. If you're in a public restroom, like, how many people don't wash their oh, hands? And they just, I literally just walked out the bathroom, like back at the studio, and somebody, I'm, you know, I finish. I'm just like, all right, I'm just close the door. And he's like. He's grabbing at the door. He's like, hold on, no, you got to wash your hands, bro. Man, you can forget the door. Yeah, Yeah, that's why you got to put the paper towels near the door. So you can grab the handle. I like the ones where they have the little foot handle, so you can Mm -hmm. just use your foot to open the door. More places should have that. That is disgusting. The more you know. Yeah, and uh, hand sanitizer. Get you some hand sanitizer. Um, You're good to go. Yeah, I think we've lost everybody at this point. Yeah, I think unless my only, I think I think only my <laughs> students are sticking around to see if they get some more extra credit. But yeah. 
Thank you guys. If you are still listening, yeah, thanks. Um, you've made it this far. Congratulations. Wrap it up, Eddie. Please stick with us, man. Like, subscribe, share, all that. Josh, you got any closing words? No. All right. We love you guys. Lawyers for Musicians. What's the website? Is it a dot com? Lawyersformusicians.com. Okay. See, I was just making sure we're playing. <laughs> yeah. Lawyers for the number four musicians.com. I think either one, if you write it out, F-O-R, it'll work, too. It'll still? Yeah. Look at Josh. With Tech that, that, savvy. The that SEO. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. This is uh, uh, episode two, and we're out of here. Peace.